the galaxy short corner on corner of the galaxy.com i'm your host josh guessman and on today's show we've got a great guest we're going to be speaking to la times's kevin baxter he's going to fill us in on all of the la galaxy's off-season dealings lots of players coming and going both ways and what bruce arena was able to do with the amount of money that he had at his disposal it's a great show full of great insight into the la galaxy and their genius so don't go anywhere you're listening to corner of the galaxy short corner on corner of the galaxy.com You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy Short Corner Edition on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here's your host, Josh Kessler. Hello everybody and welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy Short Corner on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have, uh, like I said, an excellent show. Going to be talking to LA Times sports writer Kevin Baxter, breaking all the news this offseason. If you wanted to know anything about Ashley Cole or Yel Van Dam or, or Nigel DeJong, uh, Kevin Baxter is the man you needed to talk to, so I welcome him back to Corner of the Galaxy, a frequent guest now, and I said he's going to continue to be a frequent guest if he keeps doing all this excellent reporting. Kevin, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. And, you know, you were all over a lot of these stories, too, so don't uh, don't sell yourself short. I, I, I like to work behind the scenes, Kevin. We don't, we don't want to move that curtain too far away, but, um, you know, you've, you, you've taken any information that uh, either of us have gotten and, and run with it and really sort of uh, given a new dimension to L.A. Galaxy uh, sports coverage. Because quite honestly, it's been missing. It's been missing to have people like you who have the clout behind you, the L.A. Times, obviously, and, uh, you know, sort of that investigative reporters type, uh, type of guy to go in and, I don't know, normalize MLS negotiations a little bit. I mean, we, we know, Kevin, that a lot of this stuff happens behind closed doors. Um, MLS and, and LA Galaxy have policies that they don't release any of this information um, and you're one of the guys who's been able to break that down. So I, I think we need to tip our hat to you and also, uh, you know, say thank you because you're allowing fans to sort of be a little bit more of that armchair coach whenever we know numbers, we know players, we sort of know what's going on behind the scenes. We get to be a little bit more uh, intelligent with, with the way that we speak. Well, I appreciate the compliment. And, you know, I, I do think it would behoove the league and, and the Galaxy as well be a little more open about how some of these things are, are done and be a little bit more transparent because as we'll talk about in a minute, the galaxy uh, gets a lot of criticism for people claiming they bend the rules or do things, uh, you know, maybe push the rules a little bit too hard. If the league and the galaxy were a little more open about it, uh, people would know that it, that's not the case at all, that it's, uh, they play by the rules. They just 
really know how the rules work. And uh, th- that is something to be celebrated, not hidden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is something to be celebrated. I think uh, I think Bruce Arena deserves a, a lot of this credit, uh, especially whenever you understand all the things he did. But let's start at the beginning. Obviously, everybody knows. Uh, Juninho Omar Gonzalez, uh, those were the first real big moves of the offseason for the LA Galaxy. Both of those players uh, unloaded to Liga MX teams. Uh, reportedly, at least st- numbers that I've heard, is that Juninho received about, or excuse me, the LA Galaxy received about one point five million dollars for Janino and about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for Omar Gonzalez. Uh, the only reason I bring those numbers into it is just that way we can sort of uh, frame all of the acquisitions that the LA Galaxy made and sort of figure out how much how, you know you can sort of understand how much money they got and, and then how much money they spent and sort of this whole thing that went through to understand how they landed three uh, very large international names at Van Dam, maybe not as big as Ashley Cole, obviously, or, or Nigel DeJong, um, but three big international uh, names that all fit underneath the salary cap or um, the LA Galaxy were able to use certain mechanisms in order to bring these guys in. So so that's important. Um, what we, When we look at Ashley Cole, because I sort of want to go on the timeline of this, when we look at Ashley Cole and what the LA Galaxy were able to do, Kevin, uh, you know, you have a lot of insight into how this deal went down. So what did you see about the Ashley Cole deal? Well, they started talking to uh, Ashley Cole and also to DeJong. You know, we didn't hear about DeJong until right at the very end. And right. It was like that was super secret. Like, But they apparently, the Galaxy had been uh, aware of those players, aware of their, their situations with their clubs in Italy, and, and had actually started a dialogue at, at least with their agents as far back as October, um, before uh, or, or right about the same time they were eliminated from the playoffs. Right. So that's that's where it started. And I and a lot of this, I talked to Bruce about this and said, you know, you had said that you wanted to re-sign Omar and that, you know, uh, you were going to bring in Dan Kennedy and a lot of these other things were going to happen. And some of them did. And and others now, the way things unfolded, it looked like it was always your plan to do something other than what you said. And he said that, you know, kind of didn't really feel that that was fair because he said, you always have to have plan A, B, C, D. He goes, sometimes you go all the way to plan Z. Right. So, you know, in an ideal world, I think he wanted to bring these players in. He told me if you would ask him in late December, whether he thought that he'd be able to do what he did this month uh, um, or rather in January, he would have told you, well, we're going to give it a try, but we don't know if it will succeed. But, yeah, the, the Janino and, and Omar Gonzalez things really made it all work because it cleared salary space. It also cleared position. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. They're not going to bring in DeJean to sit on the bench, and they're not going to keep Janino at the salary he was making right. um, you know, to sit on the bench. So they had to clear positions, and then they had to clear salary. Um, and I was surprised Janino was a guy that his agent told me the day after the playoff game in Seattle that the Galaxy lost that Janino, that he was looking at moving Janino internationally right. and said that Janino wants another challenge. And, and so that was the first uh, the first domino to fall, and, and everything fell into place after that. Yeah, I mean, that Janino thing is a little bit... You had a conversation with his agent, and I think I've quoted sort of the... Or, or at least I've recited the quotes from that story. But really, part of this was not only the new challenge, but also getting recognized for for sort of the player that he was, and he always felt that he was going to be overshadowed by everybody, all, all the bigger names on the LA Galaxy. Right, and, and he... In the, in the That conversation started out with... Um, at the very beginning, it was Janino needs to go. We're going to shop him. Uh, you know, he's going to leave. And then by the end of the conversation, it was Janino really loves Bruce Arena and he wants to stay and he never wants to leave the galaxy. He loves <laughs> Bruce Arena, but he's going to have to look outside. And so in the middle of that, 
the bridge between he needs to go and the bridge between he loves Bruce Arena was, look, he's getting overshadowed. You know, right. he started the year as the captain when, when Robbie Keane was hurt and he was the only guy that started every game. And then by the end of the season, he, you know, no one was even talking about him. And uh, I, it, it's funny, I just, that we bring up Janino. I just got off the phone with him um, and he told me in Tijuana, he just wanted another challenge. That was what it all came down to. He's getting a little more money in Tijuana. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about not liking the Galaxy. Uh, it wasn't necessarily even about the attention. He just felt like he was ready for a new challenge. He was 27 and uh, felt like uh, that was the age to take on this new challenge. A little bit older, he won't be up, you know, he won't be uh, at the top of his game. A little bit earlier, he wasn't ready for it. So, it, it, for Janino, it all worked out well, and the Galaxy took advantage of that to their to their own good as well. Yeah, yeah, they certainly did. So the LA Galaxy now flush with cash. They go after Ashley Cole. Now we have uh, you have a salary amount on on Ashley Cole now that we're sort of able to understand what Bruce Arena was able to do. And I want you to talk because you and I have had many a conversation. So I feel like a lot of this stuff is uh, yeah, you and I have talked about it already, but. Um, you know, what is that, what is Ashley Cole's salary and what was Bruce Arena able to do sort of with motivating Ashley Cole? Okay. Are you sitting down now? I, I am. I'm ready. I'm always sitting down whenever I'm recording podcasts, but yes, go ahead. Ashley Cole from the galaxy will receive a salary of $300,000. So 300, um, 300 K, which is something that you had sort of hinted at and, and alluded to on Twitter before, but at that right now, $300,000 is what it's at, which is when it refers to Ashley Cole was first announced, Kevin, um, people were freaking out that the LA Galaxy were going to have to use all of their targeted allocation money, all $800,000 of it, uh, in order to land Ashley Cole. And as a matter of fact, the Galaxy ended up using no targeted allocation money, uh, none of that mechanism, and $300,000 to sign a, a former international Ashley Cole. Well, and that's, you know, it. I think it's fair that, that everyone reacted that way because Ashley Cole, you know, has won four Premier League titles, won a Champions League title, he has played more games uh, on the back line than any defender in the history of English soccer. Um, so you, even at 35, you would think that, you know, this guy deserves more money just, just for what he's accomplished. Right. Um, but the, the way the Galaxy made that work is, is they went to, and it wasn't like taking advantage of somebody who needed to get out. It wasn't anything like that. I think it was just being smart. They went to Ashley Cole and said, look, you haven't played in a league game in Syria uh, since last March. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a change in manager. You don't fit into his plan. You're just sitting here training. You're not going to get in any games. Um, let's see if we can get you out of this contract. It'll work for the club because you're off their books. It'll work for us. And so basically what it I, – I don't know what the figure was on the bot. I know he had a multimillion-dollar contract right. uh, that ran out this spring. So there were millions of dollars on the table. And, and uh, what the Galaxy and, and uh, Ashley Cole's agents were able to do was to go to the club and say, look, give us this amount of money. We'll walk away. We're done. Um, and once the club agreed to that, the Galaxy turned around and said, look, Ashley Cole, uh, you're going to make X million dollars this year, 300000 coming from us. But look, it really doesn't matter where the money comes from. You're getting your salary and you're coming to L.A. Ashley Cole loves L.A. He's been here before. Okay. Uh, he came here to rehab at the StubHub Center. He's familiar with the Galaxy. He's familiar with the setup. He's familiar with the training complex. They say, you come here, we'll give you 300000 You get your millions from uh, Roma. You get the money you need, you get a new challenge, and you get to come and play with in America, which apparently he's always wanted to do. So it worked out great for him. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And obviously there's a big backlash again because Ashley Cole said whenever he signed with Roma that he wasn't quite ready for retirement or, or as I think he said, not quite ready to lay on the beach yet about MLS. Um, do you think that affects the LA Galaxy at all? Do you think that affects Ashley Cole coming into the LA Galaxy at all? 
I have to backtrack on one thing. It wasn't Ashley Cole who came here to rehab. It was uh, actually it was Nigel DeJong. Oh, so 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 so, so DeJong comes in. Okay, no problems. Yeah, so DeJong came here and he's met Bruce and he's talked to Robbie Keane and he spent about six weeks rehabbing here a couple of years ago, um, when it was still called the Home Depot Center. He even remembered that. So All right, that was interesting. But as far as Ashley Cole. Um, you know, he made that comment, and uh, I think he made it when he was at a different place in his career. Um, what Bruce Arena is saying is um, he still thinks that he has a lot of game left. He also said that Ashley Cole, um, you know, the last year and a half in Roma have been difficult for him, and, and Bruce also approached him and said, look, this is a chance for you to silence your critics, to prove you still have a lot of gas in the tank, that you're still a good player, um, and he tried to motivate him that way. Uh, and Bruce did say he uh, sort of uh, it was not necessarily at the time germane to the conversation, but did say, look, I really hate it. I, I, I laugh when I read people talk about how these guys are old and coming over here and, and they're too old to play. That um, remains to be seen if, if that's true of Ashley Cole. Right. But he is the third 35-year-old guy on the team, and we saw – Robbie Keane had a great season last year. Right. Steven Gerrard looked tired at times, so we'll see where Ashley Cole fits in. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. All right, so we move on to sort of the second name here with Yel Van Dam. Um, this was something that had been rumored again, I think, for a little while. Um, this is something that I believe you also have a salary number on now. This also was a signing that comes over as part, part of the targeted allocation money, correct? Right, he's getting a whopping total of forty two thousand five hundred dollars in allocation money. That that is or, an, that is a, okay. So so the L A Galaxy, Kevin. I don't know if you know the, uh, I don't know if you know the answer to this. I'll ask you, and if you don't know, I wouldn't expect you to know quite honestly. But the L A Galaxy made a trade for a draft pick for the number twelve draft pick. They gave it away to Colorado to get some targeted allocation money. Is that like forty two thousand five hundred in allocation money that they used for uh, for Van Dam? It might be, you know, the, um, and somebody else I'm sure knows these figures. I don't, and I asked somebody whether that uh, allocation money when you make a trade, whether you can negotiate that or is there's a set fee. And, and uh, the answer I got was, yes, you can negotiate that, but no one ever releases those figures. And, again, come on, MLS, let's be transparent. Every right. other sport in the world does it. Um, and so Van Damme is going to get 500000 Uh The maximum salary allowed under the MLS salary cap is 457500 So, He's getting 42000 in allocation money. So now you have Ashley Cole and you have Jel Van Damme coming in, and you've spent uh, $42,000. Actually, you haven't even spent that above the salary because if you if you put the two together, right. they're only 800000 so 400000 a person. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, if you look at that and how that all goes down, that's so far, uh, I think everybody who hears these numbers now, it, it, again, I try to say this to people who say you don't want this player. Uh, there's prices to every player, and there's a reasonable price probably to every player. Some of those prices might be free uh, if they're old enough and haven't played or, or injured all the time, but there's always a price to be paid. So you have to look at that whenever you're saying, is this a good signing or not? And until they play, this is all we really have to go off of. So you have Yel Van Dam and Ashley Cole coming in, like you said, for, for right around $800,000. Um, that's so far, you have two players, you're averaging $400,000 a piece. That's not horrible whenever you consider these are two international players coming into the LA Galaxy. And Yel Van Dam is, uh, looks to be the real deal as far as a center back, a very physical center back. So I think that is going to be a good move for the LA Galaxy. And they had to replace Omar Gonzalez. This, this does that. And we still got one player to go. That's right. And so we go now. We move on to uh, Nigel De Jong. Uh, the story that you just broke, Kevin, not too long ago. Uh, this was something that, like you said, had popped up near the end. What do you know about Nigel De Jong? 
Well, remember, as of right now, as of, uh, of us speaking, uh, the, the Galaxy has not officially announced uh, a signing, right. nor have they, have they confirmed it publicly. Um, I believe that they will do that this week. Um, what I do know, um, and the reason I believe they're going to do that this week is because I know he has a contract because I have the contract figure. Okay. Um, his uh, base contract is $500,000 uh, with bonuses. It can go up to 625000 and the bonuses are likely to be tied to appearances. That's how his contract at AC Milan was structured. Now, the interesting thing about, uh, about him is he just signed an extension last summer uh, through 2018. Right. Um, so he was not in the, in the situation of Ashley Cole of having sat for a year. He was playing uh, earlier this season. They've had a change in managers over there. Um, the, this new manager wanted to go a different way. Um, you know, Nigel, I think, saw the writing on the wall and was interested in moving on. The Galaxy had talked to him again as early as the fall, and it start, started making inroads with him. And, and that deal is kind of the same as Ashley Cole, but a little bit different. It's the same in that they were able to negotiate uh, a buyout of his contract at mm-hmm. AC Milan that will pay him, you know, millions of dollars so that it look, so that he is – his bank account is going to look like he's still playing a European league or is a DP over here. Right. But the Galaxy check will be much smaller. So um, that that make you know that answers all his questions. He comes over here. He is the one. Uh, I confused him with Ashley Cole earlier. He is the one who did come here, who did rehab here, who likes LA. He said he's always wanted to come here and try the the U.S. market. And like Juninho, wanted to do the challenge before he was too old. He's 31. Right. So. Um, for you know his position, that's not too bad. Um, but what's different with his contract is is it is a one-year deal, as is Ashley Cole's, as in Van Damme. They're all one-year deals. Um, however, um, Nigel has two options, okay. uh, two one-year options, and it, I guess there's no way you can commit this to paper because what if he gets hurt? What if a million different things happen? Right. But the understanding between the club and and him is that. Steven Gerrard will retire at the end of the season, opening the DP spot, and then Nigel will step in and take that, and his salary from the Galaxy will go through the roof, of course. It'll be a multi-million dollar deal. Right, right, right. So, so I mean, it's a good step, though. We've talked about the LA Galaxy sort of, you know, back-end loading deals, but like you said, it's a one-year deal. If he gets hurt or he doesn't perform, the LA Galaxy don't have to pull that trigger. So there's incentive for him to be very active and perform, so that way he gets that DP contract at the end of this year, right? Right, and and unlike other sports like baseball where there are player options and there are club options, in MLS all the options are club options. Right. That means the club makes the determination at the end of the season that they want him or not. And so, yeah, he has to fit in. He has to be a model citizen. He probably has to uh, has to play very well, of course. Um, you know, another thing where Bruce is absolutely right, talk about the age. So let's set Ashley Cole aside for a minute. Um, and, and you look at Van Damme and, and Nigel and, and DeJong, and they get lumped in with these guys coming over to lay on the beach. Unfortunately, you know, they're going to be lumped in with that because they're you know, well-known European players that are coming over here um, after they've established themselves so people think they're coming here to retire. You know what? Both those guys are younger than Clint Dempsey. Right. Um, so, it, it's, you know, yes, the Galaxy could start uh, something like seven or eight players over 30, but, um, you know, I – you look at uh, Dijon, he started in the World Cup just a year and a half ago uh, on a Dutch team that made it to the to the semifinals. So right. he's a pretty quality player. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like a quality signing. It's just a matter, again, of, of what you get. You look at the, at the dollar amounts and all of these so far, none of these have made me go, 
oh, that's a horrible, horrible dollar amount. It was like paying $227,000 or $270,000 for uh, for Mika Varanen. You know, whenever you see that number and you saw what Mika contributed, you're like, okay, the LA Galaxy wasted their money on that. So, so far, just from sort of knowing the reputation of these players and looking at all those different salary numbers, Kevin, there's there's nothing here that have committed the LA Galaxy 1 to anything long-term. So if one of these players doesn't work out, they can cut. They can they can move away from that player. They can they can end this with the one year deals. And two, it, it seems like they've been frugal with the money that they had. And in a capped league, this is what it takes to 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 get it done. Is that a fair assessment so far? Well, another way to look at it too is they've signed these three players, um, and the, the base salaries. If you don't figure in the, the potential for bonuses, the base salaries for the three of them come to one point three million. Last year they paid Omar Gonzalez alone by himself one point two million. So. You some, sort of gave up, and if you figure in Omar's the money they got in the, in the transfer fee, it's a wash. They got these three players for what Omar would have uh, for what Omar made last year. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, there's a ton of uh, of uh, salary flexibility which the team hasn't had in the past. Now, what we don't know at this point is we know that Dan Kennedy was making about a quarter million in in Dallas, right. so there's a quarter million there. We don't know what McGee's contract in as Lorenowitz. We don't know what their contracts are, but. But suffice it to say that the way these uh, contracts were structured gave the, the team uh, the flexibility to go out and get Lorenowitz, to go out and get Mike McGee. Uh, they were already committed to Dan Kennedy. That was the first move of the offseason. So you, you added these three well-known European players. You added uh, some quality MLS players. You strengthened some weak areas. You were able to re-sign players. Remember, when all this was starting to go down, it was kind of interesting uh, just before training camp started when the Galaxy announced a slew of re-signings and extensions and things. Robbie Rogers was one of those. Um, I'm guessing that that's all part and parcel of this, too. Once they saw where the finances were going, they said, hey, we got a little bit of money that we may not have down the road for whatever reason. Let's lock up some of these guys. Let's spend that money now so we don't have to go through this again next offseason because – Obviously, the Galaxy are hoping the next offseason is a lot shorter than this one was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the LA Galaxy are hoping with these moves that everything uh, everything puts them deeper into the playoffs. Obviously, winning an MLS Cup, always the main goal for everybody here. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Nigel Dijon? I did. He's very excited about coming over here. He mentioned uh, several times that um, he really likes LA. You know, He was here six or seven weeks a couple of years ago to, to rehab at the StubHub Center. He reminded me it was called the Home Depot Center at that point, I was very impressed that, that he knew that right. detail. He said he follows MLS. He knows Portland won. Um, he's looking forward to the whole playoff uh, um, thing. He's hoping to be here by the weekend, um, and his family will take a little bit longer. They have school and other things to work out. But um, I, I understand from uh, talking to some other people, he's quite a fan of a lot of American sports. Uh, and one of the things that you do hear from the European players is um, – you know, part of the selling thing, and Bruce talked about this too, and, and this is what also made these contracts a little bit easier, um, the fact that the, these players are going to get their millions of dollars anyways, um, but they're they're coming to the U.S., and, you know, if you can, not that any European country is a bad place to be, but, you know, the houses here are bigger, the yards are bigger, right. um, uh, and, you know, a lot of Latin American players like to come here because it's safer, for example, um, and, you know, you look at Steven Gerrard, he's talked a lot about this. When he goes out uh, in public, supermarket or whatever, he's not often recognized because in L.A. people are looking for Steve Carell, not Steve Gerrard. Ah, uh, gotcha, so, yes. Um, you know, that's another thing Nigel uh, said very much appealed to him is the fact that he doesn't want to be anonymous. He likes being a well-known soccer player, but he doesn't like 
having dinner interrupted every night, and he's looking forward to that too. Well, well, it certainly is interesting, Kevin. I think you've done a done an absolutely excellent job tracking all of these guys. Uh, finding out the the dollar amount, which is something that doesn't always happen in Major League Soccer, is uh, is something new and exciting. I think for fans. So uh, I appreciate all your hard work that you did there on that. Uh, is there anything else you sort of want to say before we uh, before we get on out of here? Oh well, um, we'll go over a lot of this information. It uh, should be up on the internet, latimes.com, which is our website, latimes.com. It should be up on the internet uh, Tuesday evening, uh, or I will tweet out a link at kbaxter11 on Twitter, um, and it'll be in the Wednesday paper. So we're going to ferret out a few more facts before then, and you might want to take a look. Yeah, absolutely. Go to latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's work, and I will have a link in this particular article on cornerofthegalaxy.com that points directly at Kevin's article, so that way you guys can find that very easily. Go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, and uh, obviously if you're at this show or if you're listening on iTunes, just look for this particular interview, and that link will be pointing directly at Kevin's wonderful article. Kevin, I want to thank you for, uh, for stopping by again. I know you're extremely busy. I know you've been working very hard because uh, you and I have been on the phone a lot over the last couple of weeks. So uh, once again, uh, thank you for coming on and, and wish you all the best. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks very much. All right. So that's uh, Kevin Baxter from the LA Times. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end this show right now. I think that was about as good as it could possibly get. Uh, that's all the information that you need to know about the inner workings of these contracts right now. And if you have any other questions, hit up Kevin at kbaxter11 on Twitter, or you can hit up me at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, the music you're listening to, Back Pocket Memory, it is their Victory and Empire record. Go to iTunes, download that. Help us out. Okay, help us out so that way you can help them. You buy their stuff, they know it, they'll let us keep using their music. That's how it works. Uh, the LA Galaxy, done with the first preseason game, obviously, we know about that. Uh, lots more exciting stuff coming up very shortly. Jolos uh, on the horizon as well. Also, a game in Vegas against San Jose. So we still have uh, all that stuff coming up later this month. Woo! It's been a tough offseason for you guys. All right. That does it for me. I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy, Short Corner on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy, Short Corner Edition on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye.